Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. What difference does it make? And in this series, we have had a little bit of fun, but really at the bottom line of what this series is all about, it's a series about hope. And the hope is this, is that, man, as we start into a new year, as 2018 is now actually three weeks old, can you believe that? But as we jump into this new year, that this year can be different, that it can be different for you, it can be different for me, that there are things that God wants to do in our lives to bring change in our families, in our marriage, in our health, and our habits, and all these different areas of our lives. And here's what we have learned, like kind of the bottom line of this whole deal today and in this series has really been this, that 2018 will not be different for you unless you do something different. Now I know that's just blowing you away, right? But the truth is, is that's the bottom line. Like the truth is, is that in order for you to experience something different in 2018, you got to do something different. You got to make some changes. You got to change some patterns and some habits and some stuff that you have done in your life. If you just do what you did last year, you're just going to get what you got last year. But if you will make some changes and it doesn't even have to be big changes, even if you will make some little changes in the key areas of your life, you will see massive difference and change in your life in 2018. Come on, how many believe that? Raise your hand if you believe it. Like, all right, thank you so much for helping me with that. Now, here's the deal. What we've done is we really laid this series out like this. We said, hey, there are three areas, three major difference makers that in your, in your life, if you'll just make some changes in these three areas, they will make all the difference for you in this year. And so we laid it out last week. We started talking about habits. Everybody say habits. Habits. And we talked about how, hey, you better make your habits because your habits will make you. You will become the sum total of the habits, the things that you do on a daily basis, the routines of your life will become who you are. And we talked about that last week. Next week, we're going to talk about one of the things I think will make the biggest difference in your life. And I'm going to share it with you in a way that I've, on a passage I've never really shared this way before. And I'm so excited about next week because we're going to talk about attitudes. Everybody say attitudes. Say it with some attitude. Attitude. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that next week. I would encourage you to be here. But today... We're going to talk about something that I believe affects our life in such a drastic way. It's something that all of us experience. It's something that all of us have, but not all of us have good ones. But if you will have good ones, it'll make a difference. And that is your relationships. The truth of the matter is your relationships have the potential to make the biggest difference in your life this year. You will become... Just like the people that you spend your life with. In fact, check this out. The direction of your life, the quality of your life, how your life will go in 2018 will come down to this. Who you choose to do your life with. We talk about it all the time here. Let's do life together. And the reason this is such a a, a thing that we talk about here is because it makes such a big difference in your life. In fact, I like the way Pastor Craig Groeschel says it. He says, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. How many know that's true? Like, like if you want to see what you're going to look like at the end of this year or in 10 years from now, just take a look around you. 
Look at the people that you're hanging around with. Look at the people that you're doing life with. You're going to become like them. In fact, somebody said it like this. You will be the average of your closest friends. It's just true. You're going to become like the people that you hang out with. And nobody knew this more than this guy in the Old Testament that I want to talk about for a little bit today. A guy by the name of David. In fact, David learned this at a very, very early age. And I want you to see a little bit about what David said about relationships. It's found in this passage in Psalm, Psalm 1. In fact, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and turn with me. Open there to Psalm 1. It's also in your LifeGate app or on your notes on the screen there for you. And why don't don't we read it together? Psalm 1 and verse one. And look what David has to say about relationships. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. This person will be like a tree. Everybody say a tree will be like a tree. Planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Now, how many would agree with me? You want whatever you do to prosper, right? And David says, hey, if you want your life to prosper, here's what it comes down to. It comes down to your relationships. When you decide, I'm not going to stand with or sit with or be with the people that are bad influences, but instead I'm going to build my life around people who have good godly influence and character. It will make the difference for you in your life. And then look what he says. He says, you will be like a tree. Everybody look at your neighbor. Just tell them, be like a tree. Be like a tree. Look at your other neighbor and just tell them, make like a tree and get out of here. (laughs) For those of you 90s children, you know where that comes from. Back to the future. You're going to be like a tree. In fact, here's what the Bible says about you. That you're, you're like trees. It uses this metaphor. Actually uses this metaphor more than any other metaphor in the Bible. More than that you're going to be like sheep or you're going to be like sons and daughters or children. It actually uses this metaphor over and over and over that God's people are like trees. Now, let's dissect this for just a second. Think about a tree. What is a tree made of? If you look at the composition of a tree, if you really get down to what it's made of, you're going to find out that science tells us that a tree is actually made up of about 75% water. Now you think about that for a second. What does that mean? That means that, that three-fourths of a tree, of the composition of a tree, is made up of what it soaks up from what is around it. And the Bible says, guys, you're going to be like a tree planted by water. In other words, what it's saying is saying, hey, you're going to become, most of what your life is going to be made of is going to be from what you soak up from your surroundings, from the people that you get around, from the places that you go, from the influences in your life. You're going to soak them up into you and that's who you're going to become. And this is what David is saying. Hey, don't sit with mockers and don't stand with sinners and don't be around people who don't love God because what's going to happen is those things are going to be soaked up into who you are. You're going to be like that tree that's planted by streams of water. So you better be careful where you plant yourself. You better have good relationships. In fact, relationships are going to be what's going to make the difference for your life. Nobody knew this more than David. 
In fact, we're going to see in David's life that you might know his story. And I mean, God used him in great ways. Incredible king, man after God's own heart. But what we're going to see if we look at David's story is we're going to see that much of what made David who he was came from the friends in his life. And I want us to look at some of the friends in David's life. And I want us to I want us to see that we all need these kind of relationships in our life as well. In fact, I want us to see three different kinds of relationships that every single one of us need. These are the kind of relationships that will make the difference for you this year. If you're taking notes, write them down. Number one, we need every one of us. We need someone who will see the best in me. Every one of you, you need a friend who will see the best in you, a friend who will believe in you, a friend who will see your God-given potential. In fact, this is what we see happen with David. Like we know the beginning of David's story, he's just a shepherd boy, he's just a teenage boy out with the sheep. And God says, I want to I want to anoint a new king for Israel. And so he speaks to his to his prophet and he sends Samuel to the house of Jesse to find a new king. And so Samuel gets to Jesse's house and he says, "Where's your sons? God wants to anoint a king." And so Samuel just he marches out, you know, his sons and here comes the biggest and the strongest, the oldest, the best looking, the handsomest. He walks up. He looks kind of like your pastor. You know what I'm saying? And he walks out there. I know you better say amen. I'm telling you, don't laugh. Just say amen. And he walks out there and, and Samuel thinks, surely this is the next king. And God says to Samuel, that ain't him. So Samuel says, okay, hey, Jesse, you got any other sons? So he marches out the second son, and this guy's big and strong and, and almost as good looking as the first son. He looks kind of like Pastor Joshua, you know? I mean, <laughs> walks him out there, and, and Samuel's like, man, surely this must be it. And God says, that ain't it. You got any other sons? March out the third one, the fourth one, on down the line. And none of them are the son, none of them are who God wants to anoint to be the king. And God speaks to Samuel finally to his heart and says, here, you're doing it wrong. You're looking at the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the hearts. Samuel says to Jesse, you got any other sons? And Jesse goes, well, I mean, I got one other son. He's just a you know, kind of a ruddy little teenager and he's out there. He's not very tall, not much to look at. Kind of looks like Pastor Colton, you know, and let's just, <laughs> I'm just messing. Hey, I compared you to David. Come on, man after God's own heart. But I did throw you under the bus a little bit. And here's David and he walks out and God goes, that's him. That's it. In fact, look what, look what Samuel says in, in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 20, 20, or verse 12. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him for this is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on the spirit, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Now here's what I want you to see. That Samuel was this person in David's life that saw in David what nobody else saw. Not even his own dad saw this in David. Not even his own brothers or his own family saw this in David. But Samuel saw something. He saw the best in David when nobody else saw it. And I wonder for you today, do you have relationships like this? Do you have people in your life who see the potential in you? People in your life who see the best in you, even when others don't see it, maybe even when you don't see it yourself, but they will speak and draw the potential out of you. Every one of us needs someone in our lives like this. 
The truth is most of us don't have anybody like this. And the reason is a lot of different reasons. But I think one of the reasons is, is that really when it comes down to it, we're not very intentional about our relationships. Like most of the time, who do we become friends with? Just whoever we meet. Like maybe it's somebody we meet at, at work or maybe it's somebody, you know, moved into the neighborhood or our kids in the same carpool. And we're not intentional about inviting friends into our life. We just kind of become friends with just whoever's around. Right. And here's the thing. I've had some great friends who I just unintentionally bumped into. And we became friends. But I'll tell you, the friends who really drew the potential out of me, who saw the best in me, were ones that I was very intentional about. Ones that I didn't just say, hey, this is just somebody who lives in the neighborhood. No, they're the ones that I said, no, hey, I got to get close to that guy because that guy's got something that I want in my life. In fact, I'm thinking about a couple of them in my life right now. A couple of pastor friends that really, naturally, we probably would not have just you know, naturally just became friends. They pastor incredible churches in different communities. But you know what? I saw something in them and I said, man, I got to have what they have. And I got to, I got to get in somehow get close to them because they can pull the best out of me. They can, they can speak the best into me. One of them, man, I can remember I've had breakfast after breakfast after breakfast. We used to do it once a month, breakfast together. And in those breakfasts, man, he would, man, he would speak things into me and say things that would pull that best out of me. Another one of them, man, I had to pay him to be my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, will you be my coach and speak those things into my life? Cause I knew how important it was. And every one of us, we need that. We need relationships with people who will see the best in us, who will see the potential in us and who will draw that potential out of us. In fact, some of you for, for this year, if you want to see things be different in your life this year, here's what you need to do. You need to look around at, for people who have what you're looking for. Maybe some of you are like, man, man, I really want my marriage to be different this year. You know what's going to make the change in your life in, in some ways is looking around and finding someone who has the type of marriage you want and saying, how can I get close to them? How can I let that rub off on me just a little bit? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's something in business and you would look around and say, who's doing what I want to do? How can I get around them? Maybe there's others that you would say, man, this year I really want to grow in fitness and in health. Maybe I need to quit hanging around to people who are eating donuts every morning and get around some people who are doing the good stuff in their health wise. You see what I'm saying? Like I want to grow in my relationship with God. And maybe you would have to look around and say, man, I need to give up some of those old friends and get around some of these new friends who are going where I want to go. I need those friends in my life who will see the best in me. And let me also say this. You need to be that kind of friend in the lives of others who will see the best in them. You know, we live in a very critical culture. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. In fact, social media has made it so easy to just say stuff behind the keyboard. We would never say to someone's face and we criticize. And I'm telling you, you know, it's going to make the difference for us as a church. It's going to make us shine and stand out in a culture that is increasingly critical. It's going to be when we become people who say, no, 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 no. I'm going to see the best in people. I'm going to look for the good in someone. In fact, the scripture says it like this in 1 Corinthians 13. I love the way it says it in the message. It says, love sees the best in others. We all need relationships like this. People who will see the best in us. Number two, you need relationships with someone who will strengthen the weakness in me. Some of us, you know, we need some people who when we get tired and when we get weak and when we're down, they will be the people to not push us when we're down, but lift us up in those times. David had this with 
Jonathan, you may remember as, as David began to grow and God began to use him, he killed Goliath, he became a mighty warrior, he began to grow in notoriety and people began to notice what was going on with David, he became very famous. In fact, it came to the point where people started saying stuff like the current king Saul, they were saying, well, Saul's great, but David is greater. Saul, they, they were singing songs like Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And when Saul got a hold of that, that didn't do much for his ego. In fact, he got pretty scared, got pretty defensive to the point where he was so jealous of David. He was afraid that David was going to take his place on the throne that he even began to try to kill David. And David is on the run from the king of Israel. And and man, David is in his moment of weakness, but it was in that moment of weakness that someone stepped in. It actually even happened to be King Saul's son, Jonathan, who himself could have been incredibly, incredibly jealous. But instead, he stepped in and became the friend that David needed in that moment of weakness. In fact, the scripture says it like this in 1 Samuel 23 and verse 15, David learned that Saul had come out to take his life and Saul's son, Jonathan went to David and helped him find what? Find strength in God. Every one of us need people like this. I've had people like this in my life. I don't know if you know, but sometimes being a pastor is hard. I know your job's hard sometimes too. I know sometimes you just think, well, how hard can it be? All you do is get up there and talk, you know, for 30 minutes on a Sunday and there ain't nothing to that. But, you know, sometimes it gets tough. There's, it's a spiritual battle. And I know I've had times when I've gotten discouraged, when I felt pretty weak, when I felt like giving up and quitting. I can think of some specific times where, like I said, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And I will tell you that I wouldn't be standing here doing what I'm doing if I didn't have some friends like this in my life. Some people who in the moment of my weakness, when everybody else was walking out, they walked in and they were there for me in those times, in those times when I felt like quitting, they wouldn't let me. I think of my, I think of my coach, Pastor Scott, who one time I told him, I was like, man, I just, I don't want to be a lead pastor anymore. Just let me come and be on your staff and, and I'll just do, you know, I'll just be uh, an associate pastor here. And he goes, you know, he says, you can't do that. You can come work for me and I'd hire you and you'd come work for me for two, two or years or so. But then you'd be back in my office going, pastor, I just got to plant a church because that's who you are. And he wouldn't let me. Man, I can think of times when I complained a lot about how I wasn't feeling so good. And my wife was that friend who said, shut up and thank God, you know. (laughs) I know there have been times when I cried and I had a friend who would walk in and would cry with me. Times when I was weak and I was tired and I didn't know if I could do it anymore. And I had friends who came alongside of me like Aaron and her did with Moses and held up my hands and they prayed for me and they stood with me and they were there in those moments of weakness to bring strength. Some of those friends are in this room today. Others of those friends have since moved to other communities, but I know I could pick up the phone and call them at any time and they would pray for me. They would get in the car and come to be here because those are the kind of friends that make the difference in our life. And I will tell you, you need some friends like that in your life. And guess what? You need to be that kind of friend for others. Those who see the best in us, those who strengthen the weakness in us. Number three, what kind of friends do we need? We need someone who will speak the truth. Speak the truth to me. This is what we see happen with David. David was a great man. God used him in great ways, but we see David gets off track. In fact, 
I would, I would say that probably one of the reasons David got off track was because he isolated himself from these other friends that were going to bring the strength to his life. In fact, the Bible talks about how David should have been off to war. It was in the time when kings were off to war and all the warriors were there, but David isolated himself and stayed home. Stayed home and got bored. You know what? Bad stuff happens when we get bored. What did he do? He went up onto the roof of the palace. You might know the story. He saw something he shouldn't have seen, which led to him doing something he shouldn't have done, which led to Bathsheba becoming pregnant. And then now he's got to cover that up. And so it led to a murder. I mean, just David got off track and didn't even realize how far off he had got until a friend, a man named Nathan, a prophet, came into his life. Nathan was willing to, even at the risk of his own life. I mean, can you imagine David's the king? Nathan could have spoken those words and David could have become angry, could have even sent him off to prison or to be killed. But Nathan loved David enough to speak the truth to him, even when it wasn't the truth that David wanted to hear. In fact, I want you to see how it says it in 2 Samuel 12 and verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. Who was it that brought Nathan into David's life? I'll give you a hint. It says it right there. The Lord. And you know what happens sometimes is that we have people in our lives that God has placed there to speak truth. And sometimes the truth is not something that we want to hear. And we want to get mad at the person for telling us. And what we need to realize is that that person is there because God put them there to get us back on track, to keep us from the track of destruction and get us on the path of the potential that God has for our lives. And when those people come into our lives, you know what we need to do? Listen. In fact, man, I can think of times in my life. I'm thinking of one specific time in my life. I was pastoring the church in out in Midland, Texas. I've told you our story before. I was 24 years old when I became a lead pastor. That's kind of scary. And I was young and I was immature and I had a lot of insecurities not only that, but I was pastoring the church that my parents were the founding pastors. I mean, that's some pretty big shoes to fill. And, and we had pastored there for a couple of years and things hadn't gone the way I really thought that they would go. It was, it was tough. Some people expected me to kind of be like my dad. And I am kind of like my dad, but I'm different than my dad as well. And so there were people who didn't kind of like the direction of the church and some people who left the church and some people who spoke some hurtful things and and then I, I didn't take it very well either because I was young and insecure and immature. And it just started to start to weigh on me. I started to become kind of kind of disconnected and started to even become a little bit resentful and a little bit bitter and kind of closed off to others. And it was affecting the way I related to my family and affecting the way I related to my friends. It was affecting the way that I was leading the church. And I'll never forget right in the middle of all that. My brother-in-law, who happened to be the youth pastor at the time, walked into my office and he sat down and he said, Pastor, I need to talk to you about some stuff. And he began to point out some stuff in my life that I knew was true, but I didn't want to hear. At the risk even of his boss and his brother-in-law being mad at him, he spoke some stuff that, man, I'll tell you, when he said it, I didn't like it. I'll tell you this, I didn't like him either, you know? But you know what I did? I listened. And I didn't change overnight, but over the course of a few months, 
God began to do a work in my heart and he began to change me from the inside out. And I am the man that I am today. I believe it started right there on that in that day when my brother-in-law walked into the office and began to share some hard truth with me. And it, I'm telling you, it changed my life. And I'm telling you, some of you are going in the wrong directions and God would bring someone into your life to speak those things that are true. And when he does, you got to know, first of all, that it came from God. Secondly, that that person loved you enough to even risk speaking those things into your life. And you got to listen. In fact, let me just tell you this. The way you receive hard truth will determine whether you ever receive it again. Some of us, the reason people don't speak these truths into our lives, not because they don't love us, it's because the last time they tried to speak a hard truth into our life, we got so mad and so defensive that they said, I'm not going to do that no more. Some of you, it's your spouse. They've been trying to help you. They're not trying to hurt you. They're your spouse. They love you, but they're trying to speak some things in your life you need to hear and you don't want to hear it and you get upset. And after a while they go, I'm not saying that no more because it causes so much division in the house. And you missed out on stuff that will help you be better because the way you responded. Some of you are leaders and some of you are employers and you have, you have staff and you have people who work for you. Let me tell you this, the way you respond when they bring you bad news will determine whether they ever bring you bad news or not again. Some of you go, I don't want no bad news. Well, guess what? When you're the leader, you need to know the bad news so you can fix it. Some of you, here's the deal, it's not just the way you respond when someone speaks that truth into your life. It's whether you actually go and try to apply it. After a while, your friends go, man, I've tried to help them with that 500 times and they didn't do anything to try to make any attempt to change. And so I'm just not going to say nothing anymore. Come on. It all comes down to this, man. We need these people in our lives. Sometimes we're the ones that are speaking the truth. And when you do, let me just tell you this, do it in love. See, we need these type of people in our lives. The relationships we have will affect our life. We need people who see the best in me. We need people who strengthen the weakness in me. We need people who speak the truth to me. And here's the thing. If you want your life to be different this year, you're going to have to do something different when it comes to your relationships. In fact, if you're taking notes, write these three things real quick. Number one, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to seek the right relationships. Everybody say seek. I use that word on purpose because here's the deal. It's not going to happen accidentally. You're going to have to seek it out. You're going to have to make it a priority. I got to find people in my life that can be these kind of relationships, these kind of friends that I need. You got to seek it out. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. I don't have any friends like this. Well, are you being that kind of friend to others? Have you made this, have you made this a priority in your life to look for the people who will make the difference? And let's just talk about it for a second. Let's just be real. Where are you going to find this kind of godly friends? Where are you going to find them? You're going to find them at the bar? You're going to find them on the softball team where the guys are talking, you know, about dirty jokes and drinking beer and stuff. No, you're going to find them at the party. Where are you going to find them? At church. Woo, man, that was just, I mean, that blew you guys' mind, I know. You'll find them here in the family where you're trying to seek God and they're trying to seek God and you come together and seek God together. And where does it happen? Not just on Sunday mornings. There's three services. You can't know everybody and it's crazy. The parking lot, you know how it is sometimes on Sundays. You can't have a real deep, meaningful relationship with someone on Sundays. And that's why we have life groups. 
That's why we have men's group. That's why we have ladies group. That's why we have these smaller groups of people where you can get into these kind of relations. Well, I tried that and I did it like two times, you know, and it just nothing. We didn't hit it off or whatever. No, no, no. It's not just a once or twice thing. It's an investment that you make. You decide, I'm going to go, and I'm going to get in that ladies' group, and I'm going to be there every week or every month when they meet. I'm going to get in that men's group and go every time. I'm going to get into a life group, and I'm going to get in there. I'm going to be there even when I don't want to be there. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to be a part. And before long, something starts to happen, and you start to connect, and relationships start to be built. And then when you're in a hard time, like Walker and Savannah, where you're able to say, man, I had people who were there for me in the middle of it. you got to seek the good relationships, number two, write this one down. You got to stop. Everybody say stop. You got to stop the wrong relationships. Look what Proverbs says in Proverbs thirteen twenty: Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of what? Of fools suffers harm. You know the way we say it around here in Burleson, big old, good old Burleson. Here's what we say. Stupid rubs off. <laughs> and isn't that true? Come on, how many ever been around some stupid that rubbed off on you? He said the S word, stupid. I can't believe he said that. Right? And the, the deal is, guys, if you continue to be around people who are leading you away from God, you're going to wind up one day looking at your life and going, how did I get here? You didn't get there intentionally. You got there because someone led you there. Your relationship, it rubbed off on you. Man, I think about when I was, I was just a little boy. I was about probably six or seven years old. There was a kid in our church. I thought he was like three, two or three years older than me. I thought he was the coolest kid. I thought this kid hung the moon. I mean, I want to be just like him, spend time with him. But really now I look back and I'm like, man, that kid was a mess. <laughs> like I think about, I think about it. He was the first kid that ever, that ever taught me a cuss word. He was the first place that I ever heard about sex. And here's this kid. And I'm telling you, it was only by the grace of God when I was eight years old, we moved to a different town, to a different church, and I lost connection with that kid. And here's the deal. I look back and I think when he was a teenager, he became a drug addict, later on ended up in jail and in prison. And I think, where could my life have been if it wasn't for the disconnect from that poor relationship that was leading me down a wrong path? And I'm telling you, some of you go, well, yeah, well, you were just a little kid and that's no big deal. But I'm telling you, some of you have those type of relationships in your life right now, and you need to decide. You need to draw a line in the sand. Hey, it doesn't mean you have to be mean or ugly, but I've got to redefine this relationship because it's not good for me. Number three, I'm going to not only seek the right relationships and stop the wrong relationships, I'm going to strive for healthy relationships. Here's the deal, guys. Your relationships are going to be what's going to make the difference for your life, but they don't come easy. In fact, they're hard. Because you know what happens? You get close to someone, you open yourself up to someone, you know what will happen? Sometimes they'll let you down. Sometimes they'll hurt you. Sometimes they'll say stuff. And, and it's hard. Here's the deal. Even though relationships are hard, they can be healthy. But it depends on you. And some of you are here today and you go, man, I know relationships are going to make the difference, but I've been so hurt, I don't know if I can put myself out there and, and even allow people in there. And maybe for some of you, what you just need is just let go. Someone hurts you and you need to forgive. Others of you, like truthfully, you're the ones hurting people and you need to ask for forgiveness. Others of you, you've built a huge wall around you and will not let anyone in. You need to bring that wall down and let people come in. 
Some of you, you just let everybody in and you need to put some boundaries so that those relationships can be healthy. Here's the deal, guys. Relationships are hard. They can be healthy, but there's only one way. And that is this. The only way you're going to have healthy relationships with others in your life is it begins right here. If you have a healthy relationship with God. Some of you, that's what's going to make the difference in your life the most. That's the relationship that's going to start the domino effect for all the other relationships as you get a relationship right with God. Because if your relationship not right with God, it ain't going to be right with your spouse. And if your relationship not right with God, it ain't going to be right with your boss or your co-workers or your friends or the people at church or in your life group, your men's group or women's group. None of those relationships are going to be right until this relationship. In fact, the scripture says it like this, that Jesus Christ is our peace. If you don't have peace in your other relationships, here's how you get it. He's the peace who has broken down the dividing walls to bring us together. And that's what it's all about. We are the family and he is at the center of that. And if you're here today, I tell you what will make a difference for your life. 